Rainbow Me Kids presents Folk Fairy Tales. Ishtar is the goddess of love, and her story comes from ancient Babylon, which is also known as modern-day Iraq. Ishtar was the lady of the gods, the goddess of love. Unfortunately, however, she herself had been unlucky in love. Her husband, Tammuz, the great love of her youth, had died when he was still very young. She had fallen in love with Gilgamesh, a great king, but he was not interested in Ishtar. In Babylon, when people died, they were sent to the underworld, a place of darkness ruled over by the goddess Erkala. It was said that in this place, they lived on dust and mud. After being rejected by Gilgamesh, Ashtar became very sad and depressed and decided she would descend into the underworld to be with Tammuz, her first husband and the great love of her youth she had lost. So, dressed in her finest garments, brilliant jewelry, and her high crown, which also gave her all of her powers, Ashtar entered the cave that leads into the underworld. Irkala's realm was surrounded by seven walls, each with its own gate that had to be passed to get to the dark place where the dead resided. When she got to the first gate, Ashtar called out to the watchman. Yo, watchman, please open this gate and let me enter. The watchman's face peered at her from over the gate. He didn't say anything. But he didn't open the gate either. So she called out again. Watchman, if you don't open this gate for me, I will force it open. I will break it down and I will set free all the dead that reside in this dreadful dark place. I will set them free from their gloom and the rule of your merciless mistress and take them to the land of the living. The dead will be so plentiful on earth that they will take over from the living. Nidu, as the watchman was called, looked at this fine lady, her crowned head held high in her splendid attire, and said, Please, lady, don't break down the gate. I will go and take your message to Lady Irkalla. Please wait until I get back. When Irkalla heard that Ashtar demanded to be admitted to her realm, she was terribly angry. She thought she would teach this intruder a lesson and instructed her watchman to admit the proud lady. Nidu returned to the first gate and opened all the bolts and locks. Enter into the realm of Irkala, fine lady, he said. Welcome to the place from where nobody ever returns. As he spoke, he took Ashtar's crown. She wanted to know why he had taken her crown. Oh, lady, he said, if you wish to enter, you must submit to the law of Lady Irkalla. She bent her head and went through the first gate. Ashtar walked the short distance to the second gate. Ashtar walked the short distance to the second gate. The watchman opened all the bolts and locks and said, Enter into the realm of Irkalla, fine lady. 
Welcome to the place from where nobody ever returns. As he spoke, he took the eight-pointed star which adorned her neck. She wanted to know why he had taken her jewel. Oh lady, he said, this is the law of Lady Irkalla. She bent her head, her radiance gone, and went through the second gate. Ashtar walked the short distance to the third gate. The watchman opened all the bolts and locks and said, Enter into the realm of Irkalla, fine lady. Welcome to the place from where nobody ever returns. As he spoke, he took the gold and bejeweled bracelets from her wrists. She wanted to know why he had taken her bracelets. Oh, lady, he said. This is the law of Lady Irkalla. She bent her head, her radiance gone, and without her magnificent gold ornaments, and went through the third gate. Ashtar walked the short distance to the fourth gate. The watchman opened all the bolts and locks, and said, Enter into the realm of Irkalla, fine lady. Welcome to the place from where nobody ever returns. As he spoke, he took the shoes off her feet. She wanted to know why he had taken her shoes. Oh, lady, he said, this is the law of Lady Irkalla. She bent her head, her radiance gone, and without her magnificent gold ornaments, barefooted, she went through the fourth gate. Ashtar walked the short distance to the fifth gate. The watchman opened all the bolts and locks and said, Enter into the realm of Irkalla, fine lady. Welcome to the place from where nobody ever returns. Ashtar walked the short distance to the fifth gate. The watchman opened all the bolts and locks and said, Enter into the realm of Irkalla, fine lady. Welcome to the place from where nobody ever returns. As he spoke, He took this splendid veil that covered her face. She wanted to know why he had taken her veil. Oh, lady, he said, this is the law of Lady Irkalla. She bent her head, her radiance gone, and without her magnificent gold ornaments, barefaced and barefooted, she went through the fifth gate. Ashtar walked the short distance to the sixth gate. The watchman opened all the bolts and locks and said, Enter into the realm of Irkalla, fine lady. Welcome to the place from where nobody ever returns. As he spoke, he took her magnificent outer robe. She wanted to know why he had taken her outer robe. Oh, lady, he said, this is the law of Lady Irkalla. She bent her head, her radiance gone, and without her magnificent gold ornaments, without the protection of her outer robe, barefaced and barefooted, she went through the sixth gate. Ashtar walked the short distance to the seventh gate. The watchman opened all the bolts and locks and said, Enter to the realm of Irkalla, fine lady. Welcome to the place from where nobody ever returns. As he spoke, he took her dress. 
She wanted to know why he had taken her dress, leaving her with just her long johns on. Oh, lady, he said, this is the law of Lady Irkalla. And with just her long johns now, she bent her head, her radiance gone, and without her magnificent gold ornaments, without the protection of her outer robe, barefaced and barefooted, she went through the seventh gate, where she found Irkalla. Irkalla, the queen of the underworld, had the head of a lioness and the body of a woman. In her arms, she carried her pet, a deadly serpent. She summoned Belisari, the lady of the desert, who was her scribe, and who came carrying the clay tablets on which all of Erkala's decrees would be written down. Behind these two, the dead gathered. They were dressed not in cloth, but feathers, and instead of arms and hands, they had the wings of birds. They lived in darkness. Ashtar became frightfully anxious seeing them, and she wished she had never ventured in this dark place. She had expected to find Tammuz here, but now she realized that this was a hopeless quest. Desperate, she begged Irkalla to allow her to return to the land of the living. Irkalla uttered a cold and contemptuous laugh, and when she spoke, it was as if an icy wind blew. Irkalla said, Ashtar, you may be the lady of the gods, but you are in my realm now, and nobody returns from this place of darkness. This is called the house of darkness for good reason, and whoever enters here, magistrate or warrior, king or shepherd, milkmaid or goddess, can never return. Whoever enters this house has no more need of light. Dust will be your bread, and mud will be your meat. Your dress will be a cloak of feathers. The gates are already bolted behind you, lady. Having said this, Irkalla summoned Namtar, the dark god of the plague. He embraced Ashtar making sure that the plague spread over her whole body. Feathers grew on her, and the light disappeared from her eyes. She tasted dust and ate mud. All memory of her past existence, of her great love, Tammuz, disappeared with the light. On earth, a great change came when Ashtar descended into the underworld. Love no longer existed. This was true for both animals and humans. Birds no longer sang. Wolves no longer searched out the cows. Stallions were no longer attracted to males. Rams no longer cared for youths. Wives no longer loved their husbands. Husbands no longer loved their wives. The women in Ashtar's temple became lonely. Nobody wanted to spend time drinking and singing and making merry with them. 
Shamash, the sun god, was deeply perturbed when he saw the changes that had befallen Earth. He could foresee the disaster that awaited Earth. Without love, there would be no life left on Earth once the people and animals who were there now died off. The beings that the gods had created would all be extinct. He knew this was because of Ashtar's descent into the underworld. But he also knew that his power was not great enough to overcome Irkalla. So Shamash went to see Ea, the great god, and told him that Earth's creatures no longer loved and would soon disappear because of it. How is this possible? asked Ea. Shamash then related that Ashtar has descended to the underworld in search of Tammuz and had not returned. Ea then created a being he called Odushunamir, which he made devoid of all emotion or fear. With the power of all the gods, Ea sent him as an emissary to the underworld court of Irkalla, where he would demand the water of life from the Dark Queen. Because Utushanamir had been created by E, the great god, Irkalla had no power over this creature and could not stop it entering her realm. So, Utushanamir entered the underworld and stood before Irkalla, where he demanded, in the name of the great gods, that Irkalla provide him with the water of life and that Ashtar be brought from the darkness. Of course, Irkalla was furious at this demand. Her body trembled with rage as she roared and cursed both Ashtar and the Emissary and all the gods everywhere. But to no avail, Udushunamir, being devoid of all emotional fear, was unaffected either by the terrible sights in this dark place or by Irkalla's curses. Irkalla could do nothing but submit and she ordered the water of life be given to this creature. And so it was. She then summoned Namtar and ordered him to bring the Lady of the Gods from the darkness. Ashtar, covered in feathers, and her feathers covered in dust, was brought before Odushunamir, who then liberally sprinkled the water of life all over her. The dust fell off Ashtar, the mud fell off Ashtar, and the feathers and birds' wings fell off her. She was alive again. So she stood before her enemy, Irkalla, her head still bowed, colorless, weaker than a newborn human, and shaken like a leaf in the storm, but dead no longer. Udushunamir guided her through the darkness to the seventh gate, where Nadu, the watchman, handed her the dress he had taken from her earlier. She covered her herself with it. She passed through the seventh gate, and Dudushinamir guided her to the sixth gate. The watchman opened it and gave her back her outer garment, which she put on over her dress. She passed through the sixth gate, and Dudushinamir guided her to the fifth gate. The watchman opened it, and he handed her back her splendid veil. She took the veil and covered her bare face then passed through the fifth gate. Udushunamir guided her to the fourth gate, where the watchman handed her back her shoes. She put them on her bare feet and proceeded through the fourth gate. Udushunamir guided her to the third gate, 
The watchman opened it and handed her back her bejeweled bracelets. She took the bracelets and put them on her bare wrists. She passed through the third gate and Dushun Amir guided her to the second gate. The watchman opened it and gave her back the magnificent eight-pointed star. Ashtar accepted the jewel and put it back on her neck. She walked through the second gate and Dushun Amir guided her to the first gate. The watchman opened it and gave her back her high crown. She took it in her hands and put it back on her head. Now, Ashtar, her garments and ornaments reinstated, could leave the realm of Irkala. Now, Ashtar, her garments and ornaments reinstated, could leave the realm of Irkala. When she emerged from the cave, the earth was silent. There was no bird song. No sounds came from the herds of cows and goats. No sailor songs came from the harbor. No music came from her temple. But as she walked from the cave, her power returned, her neck straightened, and her head bowed no longer. Her splendor shone brilliantly, and she walked as a goddess once more, a smile on her face. The stallion bayed and the fool bellowed. The rams reared high. Soldiers and merchants alike made excuses to their wives' fond embraces. The women in Ashtar's temple picked up their instruments and sang to the passerbys below. All of creation rejoiced in the return of Ashtar, and all the gods rejoiced too, knowing that their creations would renew themselves and would survive to honor and serve them. We hope you enjoyed tonight's fairy tale. Now, see all the characters come to life in our new Augmented Reality Children's book, O is for Oshun, only on RainbowMeKids.com.